is up, Boston Baddies? Welcome back to another episode of Drinks After Work. I'm Shannon. And I'm Gail. Thank you for being here. I feel so spicy, so on top of the world, so excited. It's crazy. I know. You came in here hot. I've never felt like this. You know what it is? Well, I don't know. Okay, so I worked remote today. I, you know, I, I never work remote, especially not on, we're recording on a Monday this week. I never work, work remote on a Monday. I know. A little bit more sleep on a Monday morning, um, like getting to, you know, work in my sweats all day. During my lunch break, I like took a shower and washed my hair. I've never <gasps> done that. Wow. My hair is clean for recording. My hair is never. Usually you guys catch me know, on like same. day five. So when I like look at the videos we post on TikTok, I'm like, oh, wow. Like it is like it's greasy. It's not cute. And I'm like, my hair is like it's clean. You know, it might be a little it's a fizzy, definition but it's of look good, feel good, do good, be good. I'm now thinking about it. And I no, I don't. You know what it is? I worked remote during the pandemic, but I was like obviously very depressed during that time. So like, I didn't notice any positive influx on my mood. But today I was like, okay, like I, I kind of feel this. This is a vibe. When was the last time you worked from home? I don't know. It's been that a while. wasn't a Friday. It's been, I don't know, like oh, that wasn't a Friday. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe like during like a vacation or yeah. something like that, but probably like six months. I don't know. It's been a while. Wow. How are you doing today on this day? Can't today. complain better than last week. That's for sure. I know. I still, I still can't believe that that happened last week. I can. <laughs> it's it's literally just a normal day in my life. Yeah, but you seem better. You seem healed, well rested. Yeah. No, literally being so dramatic last week. I just get really, really bad period cramps. Yeah. That's all it was. But to the point where I wanted to like pass out, throw up, cry, scream. I just have so much compassion for um, situations like that because I mean I, I have my own issues, but I think I've like my like cycle has always been like relatively normal. So yeah. I've had friends who like growing up in high school and stuff who would like pass out or they would you know lose too much blood, like just not to be gross, like <laughs> they just. It, like, affected them yeah. pretty badly. So, no, oh, I totally I understood. This is, like, a girl-centered podcast, so, like, it's a safe space. No Sorry, judgment. Peter. But we are feeling refreshed, healed. I feel like last week on the podcast, we were, like, bitching about our ailments for a while, which was nice. It was, like, nice to get it off the chest. Yeah. But we're done with that now. It's a thing of the past. Last week was cute, though, because we had a baddie come up to the glass when we were recording. I know we told you guys a couple weeks ago whenever we opened our first episode in the studio that we record usually Wednesdays around 7.30, 8 p.m. And it just so happened that last week it was Wednesday around 7.30, 8 p.m. And a baddie walked by and waved and it was I so know. cute. It was so cute because she pulled up her um, phone and she was like trying to show us the podcast like on her yeah. phone and we like couldn't quite see it, but I, we kind of got the vibe. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. Honestly, guys, if you come by when we're recording. Like, it makes us so happy. Like, sometimes people will tap on the glass and kind of, like, wave. Yeah. And it makes me blush. I don't know what to do, but it means the world to us. So please do it. Yeah, shout out to Lauren. She damned us afterwards to let us know it was her. Love. Which, thank God, because otherwise we wouldn't have known. Yes, I know. That made me happy. I'm glad that she DM'd yeah. us. So we are coming off of a weekend. I feel like we had just, like, an absolute day 
on Saturday. We put in like a full, it wasn't even a full shift. It was a double. We put in a double shift. A 12-hour shift. It's like I we left our day jobs last Friday and we put in a double shift on Saturday. I know. I'm proud of us. We bopped around. You want to know the saddest thing is though, we didn't leave Seaport once. Yeah. We went to probably one, two, three, four, five, like five different establishments. Yeah. All within Seaport. I know. But that that's normal though. Like if yes. I'm if I'm like well, if I'm bar hopping on Newbury Street, like I'm not gonna get in an Uber true. to go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna true. stay on Newbury Street. That's true. But I know what you mean. Yeah, it was all within like 0.2 miles of each other, <laughs> which is convenient. <laughs> I know you've been, but it was the first time that I went to Savor, which yeah. S-A-V-R. I think it's Savor the Moment. Like that's the whole vibe. Savor the Moment. Um, I just kept thinking it? of Savors. <laughs> I know the clothing and thing. I'm like, wow, like, I used to go off in Savors in, in college. That was the you know, vibe. I don't know if I've ever been. It's kind of fun. Anyway, sorry. I, I didn't mean know. I digress. No, it's okay. I know you've been to Savor, but it was the first time I went. It's at the bottom of the St. Regis. Are they condos, apartments? Yeah, they're condos. They're condos. The St. Regis residences. It used to be like my dream to one day own an apartment there. And then I saw how much they cost and I was like, Check there will JP. be another dream, Shannon. There will. <laughs> you will dream again. You will. You will. No, but it was it was really cute. They have two floors. We were on the second floor. It's definitely a vibe in there. It really is. I know. It was like cute, well put together. The food was really good. Yeah. We went um, there and I feel like a f- between the two of us and our boyfriends and like it just it felt like I feel like there's a lot of different personalities and different like tastes in food. And I feel like everyone thought that it was it good. was good. Yeah. So I don't know. And I feel like you and I are decently picky. Yeah. So, no, yeah. I would it was go a good back time. 100%. I'd like to go back for dinner, though. Yeah. I agree. Um, and then we hit Real House. I feel like we were there for like three hours. Too long. Then Lolita. And then we went to Lola 42 for dinner. I know we have talked about Lola 42 um, on the podcast like quite a few times. Yeah. But I can't emphasize it enough. It is I think one of the best spots in Boston for a date. You actually told me that. Top three, top five. It really is. Like you go for a date, the the atmosphere, especially on like a Thursday through Saturday night is electric. It's dimly lit, but in a good way, like not to the point where you need to like a flash, pull out your flashlight on your phone to read the menu. Dimly lit. The lighting's good. The ambiance is amazing. Everyone just seems like they're having a good time. They play amazing music. Like I they really do. It's like really, really good remixes. And like, it just, it makes a difference. Like, I feel like when you're there, like you're having an experience. And then on top of that, obviously the food is really good. But like, I don't go to restaurants for the food. I go for the ambiance. I feel like I've been pretty vocal about that. It's like the number one disagreement that Michael and I have. Because <laughs> he's a foodie and you're a, but he's also a vibey, ambiance. but you're more of a vibey. Michael is like, like, give me big portions of good food. And I don't care where I'm sitting. Like I could be on the side of the road. Cheesecake factory. Doesn't matter. Cheesecake factory. He loves the cheesecake factory. I am like small portions or like whatever the cuisine is. I'll find something that will work. But like, give me, give me a good beat. You give know? me a good Give me a good beat. beat. <laughs> well, I feel like there's not much since I've last seen you. It's been like 48 hours. What did you know. do yesterday? What did I do? Oh my gosh. I had like the laziest Sunday. Same. It was raining. Yeah. Which was kind of nice. I feel like it's almost like when you wake up on a Sunday morning and it's raining out and it's dreary and it's sleepy. I almost feel like it's like, this is my, 
like my sign to stay in and have like a chill day. Like it, this was, yeah. it was meant to be. So I kind of slept in, got a coffee, ended up going to Newbury Street, did some shopping because I told myself I was going to do that on Saturday and it didn't end up happening because we were out all day like bar hopping. But um, did some quick shopping on Newbury Street for like some holiday events I have coming up, came back and just had like a super chill night. Like I honestly it made me so happy and you don't feel that like fear of missing out when it's that rainy out you're kind of just like okay like I can get under the covers like 6 p.m and watch Netflix and I don't feel guilty how about you um Mr. Man dragged me to his work building because he forgot his or he didn't forget he chose not to bring home his work bag but he needed it to go to a client today so we had to walk in the rain and I was not happy because it was so windy the weather in Seaport I feel like is 10 times worse than anywhere else in Boston. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's colder, it's windier, yeah, because it's on the water. But I'm like, ugh. So he dragged me out of the house for that, but it was good to, like, not not do do nothing all day. Made me, like, feel a little bit better about being a lazy kebab, but that's literally it. We didn't do anything. It's so funny because Michael and I always talk about the different weather and different places in Boston. And people yeah. are like, are you guys high? I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like a nice day in Back Bay. But, um, you know, the north end's like a little cold. <laughs> people are like, you, you're you talking about like 500 feet away from each other. And I'm like, no, it's different. No, it, like, is. it really is different. It really is. I agree. Seaport in the winter does get pretty brutal and very, very cold. Speaking of Seaport in the winter, we oh on God, multiple, multiple occasions this Ugh. past weekend walked by Snowport. And I would just like to preface by saying, God bless you if you went, because I I 100% get it. Like it is, it's fun. You see it on TikTok, it's hyped up, like it makes sense. But I felt so bad for everyone who was just like standing there and it was like wrapped all the way around. Basically, it was a line wrapped around Seaport. I was I like, know. oh my goodness, this is insane. And people were waiting. It is cute. The shops are cute and stuff. You can get a hot cocoa, but it's not like there's ice skating. Like if there's ice skating, I would get it, you know, like Rockefeller. No, just go to vibes. Frog Pond at Boston Common. I know. I know. But like, I don't, it's just one of those things. Like I haven't been to Snowport yet. Did you go last year? Oh yeah, yeah. we went together. Yeah. yeah, we went last year, but I almost feel like it's, if you're a local Bostonian, I feel like it's a Tuesday night spot <laughs> when no one else is there. Like you will not catch me dead at Snowport on a Saturday or a Sunday no. in December because it's just way too busy. Oh. And I'm sure people who live in New York feel the same way about like Bryant Park and things like that. I did read though that like either the line took 20 minutes to move, like it moved fast or people were waiting an hour and a half. Okay. But you want to know what I would wait in line for, which I didn't last year, is that SOA market. Yes. That's in that like warehouse looking thing. I didn't go last year and I really want to go this year. Okay, weird that you just mentioned that because I went to... Whole Foods last week and I ran into um, one of my friends, Heather, and she lives in the South End. And she was like, oh, I was just at like the SOA market. I was like, was the traffic, traffic, were the lines horrible? And she's like, no, we got right in in like 10 minutes. Hmm. So maybe like this year, Snowport is so overhyped that everyone is going there and people are forgetting about SOA, which is in the South End, right? Yeah. So yeah, add that to your list. I know. And if you guys do go and there's a line, don't come for us. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Um... But yeah, other than that, like that's all I did. Yeah, super yeah. chill. It was a chill weekend. Oh, and I went to the Celtics on Friday, which was fun. I loved that. Yeah. Um, I feel like I always get slack for like not knowing anything about sports. But I love going to the Celtics. Like it's so much fun. I feel like you don't need to like 
when I'm trying to sell Boston to people, like, yeah, move here, move here. It's amazing. The one thing I will say is that whether it's the Celtics or the Bruins, not so much the Patriots because, like, I just, like, can't go to Gillette. I just don't no. have it in me to go to Gillette. Especially on a Sunday. Like, the yeah, anxiety of, like, coming back yeah. on a Sunday night after, like, no. It, we got the work. Celtics, Bruin and the Bruins, and the Red Sox. Like, if you aren't a sports girly, like, it doesn't matter. You can still go and have so much fun just because the atmosphere is electric. That's so true. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad you mentioned the atmosphere because it's so accurate. My um, So my best friend, Ashley, was her birthday over the weekend, which is part of, like, why we were out, like, celebrating and stuff. So we went to the Celtics. and It was her first time going to a live sporting event. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So um, her, her husband, me and Michael went and it was, we had so much fun and she actually, she knows about basketball. I don't. So she knew like what was going on. I'm, okay. I'm not giving myself enough credit. I know somewhat what's going on, but I think that it's mostly, um, it's mostly about the. Some girl just walked Sorry. by and said, you're so pretty to um, shine in through the glass. <laughs> it's mostly about the atmosphere. Like I really feel like you're there and it's just like so lively and like the Boston sports fan it's just like something different like people are chanting like every 10 minutes we have to organize a game that'd be so fun for us to go I mean how no I would love to it's I feel like basketball is the easiest thing to follow like you literally just like shoot it yeah and, and it if goes it goes in. in you get a point if it doesn't you just like try again and like keep running in circles yeah like if it goes in great and if it doesn't then like you get pissed off that's yeah. like basically the rules um but no it was so much fun all right, let's dive into Drunk Deeds. I'm really excited about to talk about this one. Oh, my gosh. So excited. This one is a little spooky. What's her name? Madeline? Madeline? Madeline. Madeline. Some Brockway. Rich shit. Brockway. Just got married in Paris. And obviously, when you see this on TikTok, you're like, wow, this is... I don't even know the word for it. It's, like, not extravagant. It is extravagant meets I don't even know Almost what like, would you describe it okay so I feel wait so for the, those of you that don't know first off to like preface it this was um you know the girl that just went viral overnight on, overnight on TikTok for her wedding which experts um estimated cost between 40 and 60 million dollars I heard even up to 90 some people are saying 90 some people are saying 100 like no one fully knows yeah. but they're like yeah it's it's like probably right around $50 million like to play it safe, I would say, for her wedding. Um, and it went crazy. Um, I definitely think that when I was watching, and you, you know me, like I love a good like the Opera Garnier or whatever it's called. The Paris Opera House is where she had her rehearsal dinner. They spent a night at the Palace of Versailles, like literally stayed at the palace for a night. They had a private... Um, like a private lunch at Chanel and they like designed custom things at Chanel one day. They went to the Eiffel Tower and did like all these super bougie things. Her wedding was insane. Maroon 5 played at her wedding. The flowers alone, I don't even know, like probably hundreds of thousands of dollars in flowers, almost like to the point where I felt like it was a little wasteful. wasteful. Like I'm all for like pretty flowers, but it was over the top. Um, she had like a Marie Antoinette themed bachelorette party. It was just, everything was so crazy and so over the top. And it was it was extravagant, but I think the the first thing that came to my mind when I saw it was like Hunger Games. Like yes, I got dystopian vibes. Yes, I got like what was it called? Like the Area One or what was the people? The elite people in Hunger, in Games? Hunger Games. District, what were they called? District. The, the District 12? One. I don't know. 
my God, this is going to drive me crazy. I need, sorry. I need to look it up. No, it's okay. I feel like you guys need to understand though that this girl's like 26, 27 years old. She's the daughter of Robert Brockway, who's the CEO of Bill something motors. I guess it's like a parent company to Mercedes Benz. He owns like, or owned, I think he just sold three dealerships. Yes. For, I mean, no one knows exactly the number, but like they said it was like right around $750 million or something crazy. But again, right. this is all just speculation. It doesn't make sense to me. Like $750 million, don't get me wrong, is a lot of money. But if your first instant is to blow it on a wedding, like one night or not one night, I'm sorry, this was a five night or a five day wedding celebration. I'm pretty sure they literally paid for everyone to fly out and their hotels. paid for the hotels, yep. like paid for them to do activities. Like this wasn't just like you a show night. up. Yeah. They didn't just pay for no. a night. It was a true like experience. People were calling this the wedding of the century. Also the word I was looking for is the capital. Like that was like the oh, elite the people. Capital. It kind of reminded me of hunger games. Like everyone else is just trying to get through it. And these people are just living so opulently the way that they were like dressed. They had like um, performers at the wedding. It just, it was screaming hunger games. I'm all for like over the top stuff, but it was even a bit much for me. Like yeah. I saw it and I was like, yeah, like it's, it's nice. The caterer, the, the um, people that they use and the vendors did a great job. It was just a bit, I almost feel like gaudy, like not to be yeah. rude, but that was the vibe I got. Um, so yeah, she has this wedding, wedding of the century. It is literally over the top. Everyone's flying private. Um, I think the thing that felt a little bit off about the whole situation was, so this girl, Madeline Brockway, she's apparently like, like you said, the heiress to all these big car dealerships and, you know, they're from Texas. They have all this money, but no one really knew who she was before all this happened. Um, now Michael was talking to me about it and he was like, that's not unusual. Like there's a lot of wealthy people that like you wouldn't know about. Yeah, but then they don't I, just come out of the blue and broadcast yeah, their wedding. I would just think that someone who, like, let's say you're a billionaire, but you have, like, a pretty private life. All of a sudden, you just come right out, and it's like you want to be in everyone's faces all the time. And this girl, like, she didn't even have a TikTok, I'm pretty sure. All of a sudden, like, a week and a half before her wedding, she starts posting, like, her bachelorette party and all these crazy things they were doing. Which is and, at the Amangari Resort in Utah. Was it Utah? Yeah, in Utah. And very, like, very nice. Like celebs go there. Yeah. It's very bougie. Different th theme every night. Everything was like opulent, over the top. And she starts posting for her bachelorette and then her wedding. And all of a sudden she she gains this like cult following. Overnight, all anyone can talk about is this girl and her wedding. Of course, I I've been on wedding TikTok lately yeah. just because of all the talk we've had about weddings. So she popped up and I was like, who is this person? And I felt like within two days, everyone knew who she was. Um, so People thought it was a little odd how no one had ever heard of her before. And then she throws this like extremely extravagant wedding. People are wondering where they get the money from. Obviously, it's one thing to have a lot of money. It's, an, it's another to spend $50 million on your wedding. Like to put it into perspective, Sophia Richie, who had what everyone deemed to be the wedding of the century, um, like last year, her wedding was right around $5 million. That's still modest. A, yeah, it's modest. <laughs> <For her. laughs> still an obscene amount of money I think to yeah. ever spend on a wedding but like considering it's Sophia Richie, you know marrying a billionaire like who she is it, it kind of made sense and it was nowhere near as much as this one so, and I bet she's still because it was in the south of France right yes I bet they still paid for people to like their accommodations absolutely yeah they definitely did um so this was just like almost like everything that could have been spent money on was spent money on um so the wedding itself being that expensive was I think something that was like raising flags for people. But then 
other things like that kind of trickled down started to not make sense. I feel like the number one thing was the fact that they randomly had this wedding and I don't know what your thoughts are, but they had it in what's considered to be like the rainy season in Paris. Like it's oh. not a nice time of the year there. It was like kind of rainy, like during all the stuff, everyone has like umbrellas and stuff. It doesn't look that nice out. It makes you wonder if you're going to have your wedding in Paris and you're going to spend $50 million on it. Why wouldn't you have it in like May, which is like the most popular time to go to Paris, right? Like why would you have it when it's not that nice out? Um, I just, I think that's like a small thing, but I thought, thought that was kind of odd. Um, and then on top of it, a lot of their vendors were booked super last minute. They were like social media girl that they hired. They flew in from the Australia. The day before. And she was hired, like I'm pretty sure, like a day or two before yeah. they started like the festivities. Everything was booked extreme last minute. The venues are booked very last minute. So it's like if you're planning a $50 million wedding, you'd think you'd want to spend like a year or two at least planning it because you're right. going to invest that much money. All of this came together so last minute. So I think a lot of people were like, there's just something off about this and it's just not fully making a lot of sense. Yeah, the... um wedding planning service that you know did all this it's called hmr designs they said it took three months to build the area that was used for the actual wedding so it definitely was last minute but it wasn't like oh we're 60 days out like let's plan a wedding like there had to have been some level of planning and coordination that you know because i mean if you guys see these tiktoks like it is unreal like unreal like that doesn't happen overnight there no. has to be some I mean when you have that kind of money I mean I'm sure like if she wanted to get married this past May and every single Saturday was booked I'm sure she could have paid to make them cancel their contract exactly you know like when you have that much money you can do anything exactly yeah so it was it was absolutely crazy and um I like creeped on her Instagram just like see the vibe before she went private which she just said but if you look back like a year, it's like she she seemed like super normal, you know, like got engaged, had a cute little family. Her brother got in, got married a little while ago and they had like what seemed to be a pretty like chill wedding, nice wedding, but like pretty chill. She seemed like a normal girl, normal family, which again, like I think there's a lot of people that are billionaires that live a pretty like chill, like modest life. But then it kind of was like a juxtaposition to how in your face the wedding was yeah. and it felt like they wanted everyone to know and everyone to see um which again i feel like the uber rich aren't typically doing that like they're going more for like the modest gatherings if that makes sense no can we talk about the wedding gift registry for registry yeah. for a second because you have this 60 whatever 50 million dollar wedding and you have the audacity first of all to have a, re a registry like i feel like Accepting gifts like, do you need is like kind of tacky. I don't yeah. know when you're that rich. But the things that were on her registry, we're talking an $800 gravy boat, a $580 miniature lion figurine, a $12,000 butterfly cage. I, the the $12,000 butterfly cage got me. That was just the funniest shit I've ever seen. I was like, are you for real, dude? Oh, that's my worst nightmare. I guess I the butterflies. thing that I would argue in her defense is that they paid for everyone's flights and hotels for the wedding so eventually it was essentially it was a free trip so I do think like bringing something to the wedding like obviously would be nice but yeah you definitely shouldn't have a registry that's like thousands and thousands of dollars like what if you can't afford that I think at that point it's just like you know if someone wants to bring cash and do we know how big the wedding was like how many people were in attendance so I don't know if they said how big it was but it looked like there was hundreds of people there like 500 or maybe around there like probably between three and 500 people but that's just like me taking like a quick point to 
second right. look at the crowd when she was doing a slow dance. Um, it was also hilarious because people were saying they were like, you you went with Adam Levine. <laughs> oh, like, I know. Maroon it's funny. I, like of all, like, I don't know. I obviously am not a fan of Adam Levine right now, but I'm like, if I had that much money, I don't think Adam Levine would be my pick right now. I just don't. Oh my gosh, no. Um, I could think of so many other people. Like Sophia Richie had Steven Sanchez and he like changed the words of that song to Sophia. Wait, is it bad? I don't know who that is. What is he saying? Um, you know, that's like, I would never fall in Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I found you. Like that one. Wait, I thought that was just a TikTok song. <laughs> no, it's like that. That's him. But it, he's very like romantic. Like I loved yeah. that picture. No, it's a cute song. Like that would be like a dream person to perform at my wedding. But yeah, I thought Maroon 5 was interesting. Anyway, so all of this stuff has been going on for probably a few weeks now. I'm sure the people listening have heard about it. But the thing that kind of just hit the media that people are now realizing is the fact that her husband, which not a ton of information about him. People say he's from Nashville. People say he came from money. Other people said he didn't. We don't really fully know. They've been dating since, I think, 2020. Is actually on trial um, for, it was like, I think it was aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Um, and I think like shooting at three different police officers. Something insane. Like this guy is kind of a psychopath. Um, so he is under arrest for that. And in fact, he had to leave their honeymoon early right after the wedding to go to trial. So all of a sudden it's like, everyone is like, this wedding is crazy. This wedding makes no sense. Who is this girl? Like where are these people come from? And boom, this is like a movie. Like all of a sudden it's like, no, a warrant is out for his arrest. And he is like sentenced to like, they said anywhere between like 25 to life in prison I know and I guess he didn't accept the plea offer which was 25 years so he's literally on trial for like for life yeah um so I don't really know what is going on at this point I was scrolling through TikTok like doing all this research trying to figure out what the vibe is I guess like what are your thoughts like why if you're her and you know that your fiance is you know gonna be on trial for you know sentenced to potentially life in prison why do you have this insane wedding. And if you have it, why put yourself on social media as heavily as she did, knowing that the whole world is going to find out about this arrest and is going to be like freaking out and like coming at you for it? I do think the timing is very interesting. Um, I guess the um, incident happened eight months ago. So I guess there was multiple disturbance calls being made about a gun being discharged at a home. Okay. So it sounds like Oh, like he was shooting like something something someone before I have the no cops idea. even yeah. showed up. That's why the re- like that's the reason why the officers showed up and like when they arrived at the scene is when he started to like shooting shoot at them. Wow. Yeah. Um and he like was released on a 20k bond after he got arrested, which is insane. Like no amount of money, like if someone is shooting at a police officer, at a police officer nonetheless, like wait, that's a great point. Why twenty thousand dollars as the bail be, for for shooting at a police officer? Like if anyone's a threat, that's a threat. Correct. So <laughs> it's like you're just gonna let them walk. I mean, it, and it goes back to when you have money, you can do anything you want. Good I'm point. sure. But then it's like, well, then why did he? I don't know. Whatever. So it's odd. So obviously. People are on TikTok speculating, saying like all these crazy things. We we obviously don't know the details behind like what happened or how it happened, but p- some people are saying like yes, it's giving it's giving Chuck and Blair, it's giving Gossip Girl. No. Um, she 
probably married him so she wouldn't be forced to testify. And then I'm pretty sure that was debunked because someone's like, no, 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 like that doesn't count if the crime happened before you were married, which I don't know if that's true or not. Other people were like, why would she need to testify anyways? Like the cops probably had body cams to prove that he shot at them. Like why would her testimony mean that much that they'd throw a $60 million wedding for it? Um, Other people are saying that it's likely some big like money laundering scheme where they're trying to move like money and assets around. But then on the other hand, it's like if they were going to do that, why publicize it on social media? Because that would just draw more attention to the fact that they were doing something illegal. Um, Other people were like, did they just want to have this big, crazy, like, last hurrah knowing that this guy was about to, you know, go on trial and she wanted to, like, kind of go out with But why men? marry someone? But then it was like, yeah, why would... Also, her parents paid for the wedding. So why would they, like, her parents spend Be okay all this money that. being like, hey, yeah. we're going to throw you the, the wedding of the century, baby doll, and your husband's going to get, like, go on trial and have to leave your honeymoon early to go to jail right after. Like, why would her parents be okay with that? Like, my dad would be like... Like, hell, like, I'm not paying a dollar of your wedding to marry a criminal who shot at police officers. Like, I'm all set with that. So, I don't know. I'm honestly, like, I'm rattled. Someone else said that she just wants her own, you know, Netflix documentary. And she's, like, an Anna Delvey type person. Which, if she did all that for the plot, then I kind of respect it. What do you think? I think if, you know she's agreeing to marry this person, she's probably very certain he's going to get out of it. Okay. That's a good point. Because why else? I mean, I feel like a lot of people are questioning, like, was this wedding rushed? Like, what is the timing of this? Like, did they purposely get married before he got sentenced? So that seems like she could visit him in, um, Oh, so she'd have visitation. Prison, yeah. Oh, that's like, a good point. I think you get, like, extra visitation. Extra rights. Like, you can be alone with your partner, like, if you're married. But again, it just seems weird for the parents to be on board with that. Like, hey, we're going to rush, and we're going to— Not only are we going to rush a marriage, like, fine, and just, you know, get married, but we're going to spend, you know, $50 million on it so that you can visit your husband in jail. Yeah. <laughs> that just seems odd. Some people say that the par- that the family probably won the lottery. Like, I don't— I honestly don't know. It's really crazy. And we're not going to know until the actual story comes out. But I'm just so curious. So anyways, all of this kind of came out. The public realized that, that you know, her now husband is on trial for um, potentially, you know, life in prison. And everyone's freaking out. Right after that, she deletes her TikTok. She goes completely private on Instagram. And she's a ghost. That like, makes it- me wonder, like, did she know that this was going to happen. It's so interesting. People are like, why launch this? Like, she clearly hired, like, a PR team, a social media team to, like, really get her on the map. Like, she was going Sophia Richie style with, like, I'm going to use my, you know, everyone was like, oh, she's using this wedding to, to kickstart her social media career. That's what everyone thought. And then now, boom, deletes it as if it never existed. So now people are wondering, they're like, did she not think that the public was going to find out about her husband? Did they not think she was going to face scrutiny and backlash? And now she like can't handle it and she just deleted everything? Or did she know that this was going to happen, that deleting stuff would make people wonder more? And it's part of this big elaborate scheme. I don't know, but I'm honestly living for this. Like I'm, it, it excites me. <laughs> you know me, like I, I love Anna oh, Delvey. Like I love, I love to know like what's happening. So I guess we'll have to stay tuned to figure it out. Yeah. Time will tell. Time will tell. Okay, moving on to other marriage news. Miss Vanessa Hutchins. Hutchins? Hutchins. Yeah. Hutchins got married to boyfriend Cole Tucker. Yes. 
She finally found her Troy. That's very funny. I know. <laughs> I know. So they have been dating since 2020. They went Instagram official February of 2021. Um, I think it's funny, though, because they got engaged 10 months ago. Yeah. It was really cute. Pretty sure we talked about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And just a month ago, she did an interview with E! News saying, you know, like she's having trouble picking what she wants. Like she said, you know, I love so many different styles. Like I love spooky seasons. Like I'm very much gothic, but at the same time, I'm very like fairy like. So she goes, I'm having a hard time figuring out where I'm going to land. Mm-hmm. So you think that. A month ago, like nothing's planned. And then oh. all of a sudden, she's in Tulum and having a wedding. Oh, okay. So, so she did it's that like, intentionally. It's did like- she though? I don't know. Like, wh- I mean, she said that the search for a venue was causing them to consider eloping. So I feel okay. like this was their version of eloping and having a small ceremony. And like you said, I feel like when you're like that famous and stuff, like you can kind of make things happen. Right quickly so if she could have literally just like decided on things a few weeks ago and probably made it work do you have that struggle like I obviously know like you haven't really started wedding planning yet but like the having different styles like yeah definitely because I think the biggest thing I mean I again I haven't really started yet I don't know like there's like terminologies and like word words for things like I don't know I don't know I'm not like a bridey type gal but based on like what I've always thought was interesting was I think that part of me is like, I like the um, kind of, you know, classy down to Nabi um, meets gossip girl, like, you know, put together vibe, like maybe like old school, like princessy, like in a castle type vibe. I think that's really nice. But then the other part, other part of me likes like a deep, dark, moody vibe. Yeah, like elegant, kind of like dimly lit. Candles like, everywhere. Yeah, candles everywhere. Like not, honestly, like not a ton of like bright flowers. Instead, a ton of candles. Um, having like a big like square dance floor in the middle, and maybe there's like, I don't know, like medieval type candles lit, and just like kind of like this dark glam. Like if you, if I were to put it into words, like the Taylor Swift Midnight album. Mm, is what I want my wedding to be. If that makes any sense to the Swifties out there. But, and maybe there's a world in which like they're both kind of combined where it's like an old school meets like moody like type vibe. I don't really fully know. But those are the two things where it's like, those are the two worlds. And to be honest, I'd be happy with either, right? Like I'm sure they both be beautiful. But yeah, that's that's kind of like what I'm thinking. What I know I don't really want is I don't really want like the garden party. I feel like that's like what a lot of people are doing, I, um, which I think is, again, very beautiful. I just don't think it's me. Not you. Yeah. Um, I don't want like the more whimsical, like foresty or like barn wedding type vibe, which again, I think is so beautiful. I just don't think it's fully me either. Um, and I don't want just like super, super traditional either. Like I want something that's like a little different, but I also think that, like, I haven't talked to a wedding planner. Like, I don't know what the themes are, what the options are. And I also don't know if I'm great at, like, creating things. Like, I know that when I like something, I know that I well, like it. That's why you pay someone to do True. it. True. That's a really good point. So, yeah, that is kind of where I'm at. But So you can relate to Vanessa in the sense where it's, like, you have different styles, yeah. but you kind of just have to pick one. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I, I definitely think, like, something, something elegant, I just don't know what or like what location or where or anything like that do you like how um, i snuck in that 
yeah, you did kind of sneak that in. That was that was cute of you. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I think is really funny, though, is the fact that I also know that things change so often. True. So I'm like, I'm so scared of like picking something and then in a year being like, oh no. Um, which I guess you, you can't be scared of that. Someone said this on TikTok though. I saw some girl and she was like, what my, you know, Pinterest board looked like when, um, you know, when I was in 12, when I was in middle school yeah. compared to what my wedding Pinterest board looks like now. And it's just so funny because we all had the same shit. Like, you know, the, the bright pink, like Converse with like the cowboy hat and the dress and like, it's just the way you'd have to see this video. But it was just so funny, like a flannel on. It was like, oh, I don't know. I feel like we just all had these like funny Pinterest boards when we were in middle school. And now I'm looking at my Pinterest board from them. And I'm like, I would never do any of this. I never so, had a Pinterest board. I feel like not until, wedding? no, not until later in life. Okay. And like even then it was more so like looking up recipes, looking up nail art. Yeah, good point. Even though I've literally never done nail design in my life. Yeah. I mean, I definitely took a break from it. I think I was very into it in like middle school, high school, and then yeah. I stopped. And then I just obviously recently, like a few weeks ago, started to I feel like it's a good way Pinterest to get organized. Yeah, just to kind of know like what the vibes yeah. are and what the themes are and stuff. So yeah, fun stuff. Um, the toxic part of me was always secretly like deep, deep down holding out hope for Vanessa Hudgens and awesome Butler. But I've also heard that he's a narcissist. So I'm like happy for her. I, I, don't, I honestly don't know anything about Cole Tucker other than other than he's a professional baseball player. Yeah. No, like I don't know who he is. I know that he's younger, which Ooh. is spicy and fun. Um, but yeah, so love that for them. Um, moving on to Raquel Levis from Vanderpump Rules. Homegirl kind of went ghost after the whole, yeah. you know, scandal happened. And, you know, she I don't think she was filming for the next season of Vanderpump Rules. And I'm wondering if that's intentional because she's now coming out with her own podcast, which she's no longer going by Raquel. I'm pretty sure we said that before. She's now going by Rachel, which Rachel. was her, like, birth name. So homegirl's all over the place. She's Rachel. She's Raquel. Now she's back to Rachel. Wow. Whatever. She's dropping her podcast, Rachel Goes Rogue, oh. which, very cute name. I think it's cute. But, like, if you're going to name your podcast, I, like, you better deliver. Yeah. You like, you better go, little, go rogue. You have to go a little rogue. Yeah. And her whole her whole thing is, you've seen the story and read the articles. You may think you know me, but you don't know anything yet. Wow. Yes, I've made mistakes, but what you think you know isn't reality. It's time to see reality through a different lens. And you might just be surprised what you learn. I've stayed quiet for too long, but now Rachel goes rogue. Can I say something? Please. Okay. So... This isn't obviously I'm not going to throw, throw shade at people who start podcasts because I myself <laughs> am someone who started a podcast. Obviously, I just want to make sure that if you start a podcast, you have something to say long term. Right. Not just like one or two. Episodes. I feel like exactly. I feel yeah. like there's a lot of people out there kind of like Sophia with an F struggle with this. And I love Sophia. Like I'm to be completely honest. I like Alex Cooper. I was actually team Sophia through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I think the one area she struggled with in the beginning, I do think now she's found her voice and she like knows what she wants to say but I think when she first started it was very much a hey like you guys heard Alex Cooper's side of it like it's time for me to come out of my silence you guys missed me I'm gonna spill some tea mm, that was the vibe yeah so a lot of people tuned into Sophia with an F when it first dropped and a lot of it was focused on like where she's been and how she was affected by you know media scrutiny and people coming at her and you know some of the stuff she was dealing with um and 
what she's been up to and like her perspective on Call Her Daddy and everything like that, which I'm glad she was able to share her truth. But then I think she struggled a little bit where like some of that buzz wore off and she kind of got her truth out there and she had, um, what was his face on? Um, the ghost. Oh, yeah. What was his name? Milf Hunter. Milf Hunter. Milf Hunter, yeah. He was the ghostwriter, allegedly. Yes, she had him on. She interviewed him. But when, like, all of that was said and done and she spoke her truth and we kind of, like, knew it, I feel like she didn't fully know, all right, where am I going to take this show? Like, what do I have to say? What's the vibe? Like, who's... I mean, obviously, she knows who her audience is because it's, like, the same people she had before. But, like, what is my show about? I do think she knows that now, but I felt like when I listened for the first, like, honestly, year, I couldn't really quite tell. Um... No judgment because I think a lot of people start a podcast without fully knowing that. I don't think you and I fully no. knew that in the beginning. If you listen to the first, honestly, year and a half of our show, <laughs> we tried a bunch of different things out and a lot of them didn't work until we found our groove, um, which is okay. But with that being said, I think that like Raquel, like if she's like, oh, I have like a, you know, I'm going to interview people or I'm going to talk about, you know, X, Y, and Z, or I want to share pop culture from an insider. I want to talk about like reality TV shows because I was on one. I think like if you have like a direction, you know, you want to take your show, that's good. But if it's just about like drama and like airing your dirty laundry, like eventually that does kind of fade out. So I feel like you have to have a plan for like when that part is kind of over, if that makes sense. No, it, it a thousand percent does. That's the first thing I thought of. Like, okay, how do you expect to go rogue past you know, your first one or two episodes. Exactly. Like, are you going to talk about controversial things? Like, I feel like she doesn't really do well being under scrutiny. So it's like, if like, there are tons of podcasts out there. We're not one of them. Like, we like to stay pretty. I mean, maybe here and there, like, I'll say something like Alex Earl and that'll be controversial. Yeah. Yeah. But like, we, we, we're pretty safe. And chill. Yeah, we're just chilling. But there are podcasts where it's like they are saying the most outlandish things. They'll do it for clickbait or they just do it because they that's who they are and they don't care. Yeah. They don't care how they come across. Um, I don't see her going in that direction. I think that, you know, she and I don't blame her. Like, yeah. I think she's sensitive. I think yeah, maybe she has a tougher shell now than she did, you know, a year ago. But it'll it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. How I, she takes us. I completely agree with you. And it's, again, like, I'm supportive of anyone starting a podcast. I think it's great. I think everyone has something to say. I just think that I look back at, you know, mistakes we made, like, our first, like, year or two. And I think the number one was, like, not fully having a plan. Like, I think we deep down we knew what we wanted to do. But I, I think if we had gone back and, like, figured out, like, all right, who are we? What do we want to say? Like, what's our vibe a little bit earlier? Probably would have been a good thing. So yeah. I do think that's important. Because I obviously I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, I'll start a podcast. And I also know there's a lot of people who after a few episodes are like, eh, like I'm not gonna do this anymore. Right. So I'll definitely be tuning in on January eighth. It'll be on Apple and iHeartRadio, but I don't think Spotify. Yes. So right. you guys will you guys will know my thoughts. Don't you worry. L M K. Okay, let's talk holiday breakups. I know we brought this up a little bit last week. And I said I wanted to talk about it more because I do think it's a fascinating topic. So right now we are in the um, mid, early to mid-December time frame. Yep. Did you know, because I feel like right now it is it is cuffing season. People are like, oh, it's cuffing season. You know, it's, it's cozy. It's cold out. People want to stay in. They want to cuddle. They want to watch Netflix. 
Um, they want to have someone to love them throughout the holidays, been there, understood. So I feel like there's like this stigma where everyone gets together in October, November, December, and then obviously in, in the summer, everyone's single. But did you know that the month of December is the most common month for breakups? I did not know that. Also, there is a day that is the most common day out of the whole year for breakups. And it is December 11th. <gasps> oh my God, that's when this episode comes out. Okay, so oh if you're gosh. listening to this and you listen when the episode just came out today, December 11th is... May the odds be in your favor. The most <laughs> common day, the most prevalent day for breakups in the whole year. And I'm not saying that to scare you like if you're like driving into work and you're freaking out. But I just thought that was super fascinating because I feel like that that's a little under talked about. Like I always thought of it as uh, oh, what, did you just together. Google like what's the most popular day to break up with someone? So after we were talking that? last week, I was just like thinking a little bit about um, you know, like breakups in December. And I was like, wait, like I I got broken up in December, <gasps> broken up with in December really? once. Like that's kind of crazy. I was like, I wonder if that's common. And I was like on TikTok and I saw a girl basically say that December 11th was the most popular day for breakups. And I was like, oh, that, that might just be like her opinion. I Googled it and it was accurate. I was wow. like, dang. And then the month of December in general. So it seems odd because it's like, okay, everyone's getting together around this time, but the most people are also breaking up during this time. Huh. I thought that was super interesting. I mean, it makes sense though, because like we talked about last week, like December, January is a really good time for self-reflection. So if you're kind of in a relationship where it's not serving you anymore, you don't think that they're the right person for you, you might question like, okay, new year, new me, new relationship, like yeah. new boyfriend, new girlfriend. Like, do I want to go into the year with this person? Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I think that's a really good point. And that's, that's like what I was kind of thinking too, because I was like, okay, what – why is this the case? Like, why would the month of December be? Like, I honestly, I I thought it would probably would have been like February. June. Oh, June. Oh, right maybe before. February. I was thinking like before, right before Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. You know, to buy her like a nice like dinner. Valentine's Day dinner. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking like maybe like June or July. Like people are like, it's a summer. I want to yeah. be free, free spirited, etc. Um, but I guess probably in the summer it's just that less people are getting into relationships. Not sure. so much that they're breaking up, but. I was trying to figure out why this would be, and I feel like the first reason um, is because I think, at least for myself personally, the hol- like Christmas, New Year's, you want to spend those holidays with people that you love. Right. Um, you know, you want to be next, like when you're going into like the holidays, you want to spend it with like the person that you love. Um, you want to be with them. You want to like hold their hand. You want to go ice skating, all those cute things. If you're with someone and you're like, this person is a dud and I just like don't love them anymore. And I honestly have the ick at this point and they breathe and I get annoyed. The thought of like trying to like fake that coziness and cuteness during the holidays, I feel like sounds unbearable. So I can see a lot of people being like, I need to get out before I need to endure that. And also like, how do I fake that throughout the, like the Christmas and, and like New Year's season? So I definitely think that that's probably part of it. I think the second reason is definitely what you said, where it's like the end of the year. And I'm sure as people like look into next year, it's like, do I want to go into January and like start a brand new year off with someone that I don't ultimately see as being a part of my future in 2024? So I could see a lot of people that are like, all right, it's the end of the year and end of a chapter and the end of a relationship. Yeah. I think it's interesting, though, because 
Me personally, I feel like I wouldn't want to break up with someone right before Christmas because you're going home for the holidays. Like the last thing I would want is like everyone asking like, where's so-and-so? Like what happened? Like, I don't know, but maybe that's just me. Yeah. So it, it honestly is. I feel like why why not November? Like I feel like Thanksgiving should like yeah. scare you into that and then motivate you to do it in November. It is interesting that like November isn't the most common month because if you're doing it like November 2nd, like that's far enough before the holidays hit that it doesn't feel like you're being an asshole. Right. But I wonder if it is because of the fact that like maybe you just got through Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving like reaffirmed the fact that you really don't like this person. It was annoying having to spend time with like each other's families. True. Now it's December 11th and you're like, all right, I got to get out before the next one. <laughs> True. But you're right. I think that we, we talked about this a little bit last week too. Like what's better getting broken up with before Christmas so that you're miserable, you know, during the holidays or is it better to be broken up with in January and then be like, all right, now I'm starting my year off with a breakup and I'm miserable to start my year off. And also I, I really wish I hadn't created all those memories with someone that was just going to like break my heart. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it could go either way. Um, the other reason I was thinking is like maybe someone doesn't want to like they don't want to do like the gift exchanging. <laughs> um, they don't want to have to. They're like, all right, like obviously during Christmas, you're going to see each other's families like you're going to like organize all these things. So it's like maybe get out before all that happens. I don't know what it is about me and New Year's Eve, like midnight kisses. But I like was so weird about that growing up like. I mean, I can't really speak too much to it because I was in a long-term relationship for majority of my adolescence. But like if we were fighting or whatever, like I wanted to make sure that the person I was kissing at midnight was like someone I generally wanted to spend the next year with. That's a great point. And I don't know. I put like a weird emphasis on like midnight kiss. Like I'd rather kiss no one than kiss the wrong person. I do think that's one of those like things that very much gets hyped up for us at a young age too, yeah. where it's like your New Year's kiss is the person that you see yourself, you know, being with for the next year. So that's actually a really good point. That's probably another reason why people are like, they don't want to kiss someone on New Year's that they know they're going to break up with in a week. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think, I think all of those reasons are really, um, are really valid. I also saw something on TikTok. It basically was like a a breakup timeline for December of like when it's acceptable to break up when and when it's not. What's the cutoff? Basically, it said that from December 1st to September, or unless you do it before Thanksgiving, you can't do the week, week of Thanksgiving and most people chill the week after Thanksgiving. So they said between December 1st and December 15th, it like that is your free zone to break up with someone. You cannot break up with someone after December 15th because you're getting way too close to Christmas. They've obviously already bought you a Christmas present. You probably already have plans to like see each other or maybe you're like going away for the holidays, whatever that might be. So it's just cutting it way too close. Then you have to wait it out. They also said that a complete no fly zone is between Christmas and New Year's. You cannot break up with someone between Christmas and New Year's. Oh, Like a December 27th, you can't do that. So if you don't do it between the 1st and the 15th, you have to wait till January. You have <laughs> it was like wait. such a oh. funny chart. I, I feel like I would still break up with someone after Christmas in between New Year's. Really? Like, yeah. Like, I don't know what it is about New Year's, but I I just, like, put so much emphasis on... I, th- I just think it's, like, a magical night. Like, being there and it turns midnight and everyone's all like, yay, happy New Year, whatever. Like, yeah, I could not go through that night. 
It's more so New Year's for me than it is Christmas. Interesting. That's that's very funny. I don't know. I don't know what I guess it I never really thought that much about New Year's, but yeah, I do agree with you. Um, it's I, definitely wrong no matter what, but I feel like if yeah. you're breaking up, I mean, how many people really take into consideration like, well, I guess maybe some people do, like the other person's feelings? Yeah, like you should. <laughs> you know, you absolutely should, but I feel like, like how many breakups are... I mean, I know there's a lot out there that are. Maybe it's just, like, my experience. I don't know. Like, are, like, civil and, like... Right. End on good terms. Like, I know there's people out there that end on good terms with their ex. But it's, like... I feel like once sometimes when you reach the breaking point of your relationship, like, you don't care what time of year it is. You just want to yeah. get out. That's a that's a really good point. Yeah, I think... Also depends, like, why you're breaking up. Yeah, so I was going to say that. I think um, basically the point of the... I think what I saw wasn't so much like, oh, if you wait too long, then you have to, you know, do it in January, like after New Year's. I think it was more so like you need, if you know you want to break up with someone and it's like early December, you can't wait. Like you should do it. I think yeah. that was kind of the point. Um, or like your cutoff, I guess, is December 15th. But, and, and again, these, these are all talking about situations in which you just like no longer like Outgrow the person them. anymore. He gives you the ick. You hate the way he does his hair. Like he, he you know, he smells like dirty laundry, like whatever the reason <laughs> is. I am, of course, I'm not talking about a situation in which he was violent towards you. He yelled at you. He did something inappropriate. If he cheated on you and you found out on December 25th, obviously you have the green light to break up with him on December 25th. Like situations that happen that are like crazy, that is completely different. We're talking about like, you've been dating this guy for two years. You just don't like him anymore. Yeah. Like in that situation, don't, you should break up with them before December 15th. Do you think Dave Portnoy was an asshole for doing it the Sunday before Thanksgiving? I actually don't. I feel like he, it sounds like he realized in that moment, at least unless, and obviously he's a master at PR. I've, I don't know what actually happened behind closed doors. I think it was shitty to do it the week of Thanksgiving. I do. I think he probably could have waited a week or two. Does that make him an asshole? I think he's a very like honest person. Yeah. And I think when he realized in that moment, they got into this fight that he wasn't gonna be able to give her what she needs, whatever that thing might be. I think he was like, I know in my heart that this isn't going to work out and I need to speak my truth. I respect that. Maybe there's a part of me that's like, he could have maybe waited, you know, to it's get maybe December 1st would have been a good day. Slope, though. Like if you yeah. know, like, in your gut and your heart that like this like this relationship this situation isn't right like staying with someone just to stay with someone because exactly. of the holidays it honestly does more harm than good yes and i'm so glad you said that cuz i think that's kind of like where i'm at with this whole thing like i think obviously the um <laughs> the calendar of like acceptable days is is funny and stuff but there is something to be said about like when you know in your heart that you don't want to be with someone anymore or that like you're just it's not going to work or like we talked about a few weeks ago let's say they want kids and you just know in your heart you don't want kids like things like that that you're just like all right this isn't going to work there's always going to be an excuse and a reason to exactly. stay they're there's going to suck you back in yes like if if he had waited through thanksgiving maybe they would have had a really nice thanksgiving together and then maybe they would have like not fought for a while so he might have been like eh like i guess i'll just see this too a little bit more like right knowing in his heart that it wasn't going to work out. Like, I think he had to tell her how he was feeling. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, aside from the holidays, I was thinking about this, and 
in general, there's always going to be a reason to stay. There's always going to be like a convenience factor of staying with the person that you're with where you're like, well, I really don't love this person anymore. We've been dating for like a year or two, you know, but we have the same group of friends. So like it would be just so inconvenient to break up with him and then have to find new friends or, well, you know, we live together um, and I don't. I don't know how I'm going to find a different apartment and I don't even know if I can afford like a one bedroom and I don't really know like how to find like a roommate. So I'm just going to stay with him, which I know kind of sounds funny, but it's true. Like I think like these are valid things that go through people's yeah. heads. Um, or like, you know, we have a, a nice lifestyle together or I really like his family and I'm sad. I'm scared of breaking up with him and losing, um, you know, losing his family too. Who I've gotten really close with um, another one. I feel like this is a really big one is him and I are best friends. Yeah, I think that's honestly probably one of the biggest ones. Like I know I've I've felt this way like in the past like, in different relationships is like I really like this person as a person. But you're I, not in love with them. Yeah, like they're yeah. my friends. I like them. We get along well. We're each other's best friend. Like it's they're comfortable. I know that they're gonna be there for me. They're gonna text me good night and good morning. They're my emotional support and. If I end things with them, I'm not just ending the relationship, but I'm ending the friendship. this friendship. I'm yeah. ending this person being a part of my life. So I understand it's it's really hard and it's really painful to think about breaking someone's heart. It's really painful to think about the long conversations that are going to happen and like the painful conversation of telling someone that like it's it's over and it's not working out and needing to delete the Instagram photos and needing to explain yourself to your friends and family. Like none of that is fun. But I just, it's not right to do to someone to stay with them knowing that you don't actually want to be with them, but you're in it for some sort of convenience factor that comes from the relationship. Right. Like you're wasting their time. Yeah. Like their valuable time where they could be out there living their life, getting back out there. Because you know, like, it's going to take them time to get back out there. They're probably going to mourn the relationship if they cared about it. And then be open to dating again like I mean people especially girls I feel like they think long term when they're dating they yeah. think like is this gonna work out long term so to just delay someone finding their forever person is selfish such a such a good point you're actually holding that person back right um from you know moving on with their lives from because yeah. they're gonna get hurt no matter what if you don't break up with them today or tomorrow, like eventually they're going to get hurt, right? right? Like things are going to come to a head. So like you're just delaying them being able to move on. And I think that's something that like a lot of us have to learn the hard way. Like I know my thing was I never wanted to hurt someone. Like I never wanted to like break up with someone and like break their heart or hurt them. So I'd be like, you know, I went through a, a breakup. This is like a really, really, really long time ago. But I kind of was like we went – we kind of broke up. But then we, you know, stayed in each other's lives and we just kind of like maintain like a friendship. And I was like, oh, this is like the nice, th the right thing to do. I want to be like there for them. I want to be nice. And then one of my friends pulled me aside one day and was like, do you realize like how difficult you're making their life impossible? Like you've moved on, but like you still know that you guys are like friends and you're on good terms. Like they're not going to be able to move on because you're stringing them along. And it's not even that I was like acting romantically towards them or anything like that. I was just genuinely being like kind and nice and like supportive. They were like, no, like they need to cut off communication with you. Like they need to be able to move on. Um, so I think that it's, it's important to know that like you're going to break their heart, but you're going to give them the chance to move on. Like what I said, when I got 
broken up with one year in December. It was really painful, but I lived and I survived. And I got through the holidays and I was depressed and sad and angry. And it was almost kind of funny because I was depressed and sad and angry, but I survived. You can laugh now. Yeah. And then January started and I like built myself back up, got a gym membership. Like it was fine. You know what I mean? Like you, you like the person that you're with, they're going to be okay. Like they're going to be in pain, but they're going to be able to more in the relationship. They're going to be able to move on. But if you just like keep them, like you string them along and you keep them afloat and you don't break up with them, like you're going to just hurt them more in the long run by doing that. Yeah. I feel like my biggest thing in my past relationship was the fear of change. I know we've talked about this in the past, just change in general, like how scary it is. I think there are people out there that cling on to relationships because it's comfortable, it's familiar, they have their routine, they have, you know, whatever their traditions that they do every year. And they don't want to like let go of those things because that would require change. Yeah. Coming up with new traditions. And it's it's sad and it's scary, but you ultimately have to do it. Like it's gonna hurt no matter what. So you might as well just rip the band-aid off and you know, you could be over it this time next year. Yeah. If you just do it now. It's so true. It's so true. And I know we've like talked a lot about how like it's not fair to the other person to stay in a relationship with them knowing that you're not in it anymore, knowing you don't love them anymore. It's also not fair to you. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like you deserve, like you shouldn't feel like you have to be in a relationship where you're only in it because you don't want to upset them. Like, or you're only in it because you're like, well, I guess, you know, I guess we have a decent life together and maybe that's good enough for me. It's like, no, you deserve something. You accept the love you think you deserve. And if you have mediocre love, like you have to know that there is better love out there. You just have to be bold enough to go and get it. Yes. And I also feel like I had to learn a long time ago too, where it's like, you you deserve that. Like you deserve to be loved. Yeah. A lot of people stay because they think that they won't find better. Yeah. And so they're like, well, this is the best I'm going to get. Like, he doesn't check off all my boxes, but he checks off enough. Yeah. And it's like, if you actually hear your friends say that out loud, you're like, you're crazy. Like, you deserve the best person ever who's going to make you happy, who's going to take care of you, who's going to check all of your boxes. But when it comes to yourself, you're, you're like, no, I guess I'll, you know. I'll accept mediocre, average at best. Exactly. And it's like, why? Like, you should want the same that you do for your friends, for yourself. I always, um, like, use this terminology at work, but I feel like it applies so well um, to this situation, too, which is, like, you don't, like, you want to play to win. But I feel like a lot of us play not to lose. Like, we're so scared of losing. We're like, I don't want to lose this relationship. I don't want to lose this friendship where I'm scared of make I'm scared of making this change because I'm going to lose this or I'm going to lose that versus the mindset of like, no, I'm going to play to win. Like I want to put myself in a situation where I find the love of my life and I'm confident I'm going to find that person. It might be in a year. It might be in 10 years. It might be on a blind date. It might be on hinge. It might be through a mutual friend, whatever the situation is like, I'm going to find my person someday. And I feel like you just have to take that like gamble and that bet on yourself and just know that it's going to work out. Um, which I feel like is easier said than done, obviously. And it is scary. But I just feel like you have to, you know? And maybe I'm a hopeless romantic, but I do believe that, like, everyone has a person out there if that's what you want. I know some people, like, 
don't want that. But everyone has a person out there if if they want to. So then you got to put yourself out there and play to win in 2024. Play to win. Play to win. I love that. All right, baddies. Well, that is everything that we had for you next week. Um, wish me luck. I am taking, of course, a flight tomorrow morning to Nashville, but we'll be back in next week for recording. I feel like every time we record is the night before a flight. <laughs> this is the night before a flight podcast. <sighs> Look at that. <laughs> uh, if you guys like what you heard, follow us on Instagram. It's at drinksafterwork underscore. Follow us on TikTok. It's at drinksafterwork no underscore. And if you're a girl in the Boston area looking to make new friends, join our private Facebook group. It's linked in our IG bio. Just click on that Hoobie link and click become a Boston baddie today. Become a Boston baddie today. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.